Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. When Bay Curious listener Michelle Morby has a night out on the town in San Francisco, she likes to dress up. If I got a ticket to the opera tonight, I would pull out a silk jumpsuit, I would wear it with the tallest platform sandals I have, and I would do my makeup, and I would wear all of my jewelry. Like beauty, fashion is very much in the eye of the beholder. On a recent visit to the War Memorial Opera House, Michelle didn't like what she saw. There, in the middle of the champagne-sipping pre-performance throng, she spotted someone wearing... ...jeans and white sneakers. And that, to me, is completely offensive. The fashion faux pas prompted Michelle to ask the following question. Why has the Bay Area become the casual capital of the world? Sneakers and jeans at the opera... Yoga pants all day long, hoodies and puffy vests. The list goes on. Don't say it's the weather. Hey there, I'm Olivia Allen Price, and this is Bay Curious. This week, we're looking into the rise and impact of casual style in the Bay Area. If you're thinking it's all Mark Zuckerberg's fault or blame Steve Jobs, you should definitely keep listening because casual fashion has a long history here and it didn't start in Silicon Valley. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980 because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. 
Joining me in the studio to talk casual fashion today is KQED's Chloe Veltman. Hey, Chloe. Hi, Olivia. So Michelle's question is perfect for you especially because not only are you always out and about on the town covering arts and culture for KQED, but you're also into fashion yourself. Yep, it's fair to say I'm a bit of a clothes horse. And you look nicely casual today. You've got on some, you know, black straight-legged pants and a very nicely tailored blazer, I guess that is. Yeah, I guess I'm treading the line today. I've got the pants that I bought in the sale and then this casual black jacket that I've kind of spruced up. I took it to the tailor and had it refurbed with this nice silk lining because it needed fixing. It looks great. Now, is that something that you would wear to the opera? You know, I I probably would. You know, why not? I think it's fairly smart, but it's also very comfortable. Yeah, I think it looks good. One question I've had since we got this question from Michelle is, is dressing casually in upscale settings really a Bay Area thing? I think that's more widespread these days, right? I asked many people about this, actually, including opera singer Janae Bridges. Janae was recently at the San Francisco Opera playing the title role in Carmen. She travels all over the world for her job and pays attention to what people are wearing around her. Janae says she's noticed Bay Area audiences tend to dress down compared to some other places, notably big cities in Europe and on the East Coast. And in New York, for instance, where I live, I mean, it's the polar opposite. People dress up. They wear gowns, they wear tuxes, they wear really funky couture things. Janae is glad to see people coming to the opera, no matter what they're wearing, but she personally wishes they'd put a little more effort into their appearance. And I maybe feel like that because as a performer we give so much of ourselves and it's maybe a respect thing. Still, the Bay Area isn't the only place where leisure wear rules. I mean, any number of cities could vie for the title of casual capital. Indeed. Here's what Tan France, the fashion expert for the Netflix series Queer Eye, had to say about the matter. The casual capital of the world appears to be Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City, Utah? Yep, you heard it here first. Tan was at KQED recently promoting his new book. We grabbed him on his way to the garage. He's British by birth, lives in Salt Lake City and thinks the Bay Area is much more dressy than Utah. People wear heels and stuff, which is quite surprising. You've got heels. Why is anyone in a heel? My thoughts exactly. I have done away with heels long ago. But I will say I am with Tan. I think you could argue a lot of other towns are more casual than us. Like, hello, Denver. I see you. (laughs) Well, but if we go with the premise that casual style is a key part of how people dress in the Bay Area today, a complex picture of how and why that came to be emerges. So I found out when I recently paid a visit to the San Francisco home of fashion historian Melissa Leventon. Melissa explains the rise of casual wear in the Bay Area is part of the overall fashion story of California. It has to do a whole lot with economics, Hollywood, immigration patterns, with the rise of modern design in the middle of the century in California. Melissa says the San Francisco clothing industry was split in the late 1800s and well into the 1900s. On the one hand, San Francisco really was a dress-up town. San Francisco was actually always a city that kind of prided itself on its elegance. 
people wore gloves and hats to run errands. You see, only San Francisco can start its fall fashion season this early. For cool July makes it possible for models to parade in furs and... And there were even catwalk shows in Union Square, if you can believe it. Melissa says San Francisco was home to some highly sought-after fashion labels, like Lily Ann, founded in the city in the 1930s. Made beautifully tailored suits, cocktail dresses, evening dresses. They made the kind of elegant wear that well-to-do, well-dressed San Franciscans would wear. Even working-class San Franciscans who didn't have a lot of spare cash to throw around on fancy duds dressed up in a bid to project a sense of propriety and economic self-improvement. But Melissa Leventon also talked about the other side of San Francisco's nascent clothing industry, the side focused on making hardy workwear for people like miners and railroad engineers. Yes, sir, this drive started over 100 years ago back in California. Just a few head of Levi's blue jeans and a lot of heart miles. Cross country that would have killed ordinary pants. But Levi's, <laughs> they thrived on it. Melissa says Levi's, founded in San Francisco in 1853, gradually became hugely influential after inventing the first denim jeans in the 1870s. So that's very important, and that's certainly one thing that San Francisco has contributed to the general move to casualness. Not only here, but Everywhere. Our question asker, Michelle, does have a strong argument in favor of the Bay Area being the casual capital of the world if we're talking about where leisure fashion brands are based. Other than Levi's, there's The Gap, Esprit, Old Navy, not to mention some of the new ones like Everlane, Allbirds, I think Rothy's is here, and that's just naming a few. Right, and all of these brands, especially the ones that have been around for a while, have absolutely fed into the idea of the Bay Area as being a home for casual style. But Levi's was a game changer, especially starting in the 1930s, when the company began marketing its jeans not just as workwear, but also as leisure wear. Teenagers became a target market after World War II, and Hollywood helped to spread the word. Two movies helped popularise jeans. One was Rebel Without a Cause... The wild one. <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> hey, Johnny, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? In these movies, James Dean and Marlon Brando smoldered in denim. Everyone wanted the look. Also, California became home to some talented architects and designers who'd fled Nazi Europe. Designers like Rudy Gernreich, who emigrated from Austria in 1938. He did some really groundbreaking designs in the 50s. Melissa says Gernreich was a pioneer of unisex fashions. His clothes were streamlined, youthful and accessible to a wide range of consumers. The freewheeling styles of designers like Gernreich went hand in hand with other global California exports like Beat, Black Panther and hippie culture. Oh, and Hollywood surf movies too. All of this stuff feeding a movement in the media and advertising that projected a sense of the Golden State as a place of permissiveness, comfort and ease. A place, Melissa says, where you could get back to nature. Nobody's dressing up and going to the office. You're putting on your bathing suit and maybe a pair of shorts and a tank top on top of that and going out to the pool.
And that idea persists today. You can see a version of it in the yoga pants that many people wear around town. And of course, there's the jeans and t-shirts and hoodies that people working in tech and the entertainment industry favor. Yeah, those are definitely two stereotypical looks associated with the Bay Area, Olivia. But when it comes down to it, you really can't put Bay Area style in a box. I think there's a lot of diversity here if you open your eyes instead of your mouth. That's San Francisco Chronicle fashion reporter Tony Bravo. He and I recently hit the streets of downtown San Francisco on a people-watching mission. Start at Market and maybe work our way a little bit towards the square. Tony is casually dressed in baggyish jeans, a jacket covered in bright geometric shapes, and a resplendent pair of Converse high tops festooned in gold and silver glitter. So the thing about walking around San Francisco is I think there's always something for the eye. It may not be that Balenciaga ball gown or a perfect three-piece suit, but there might be a great color story. There might just be an impeccably cut piece of outerwear, a great shoe. We're only out for about half an hour, but all kinds of exotic details catch Tony's eye. Okay, right in front of us. Black tulle ballet skirt, pair of leggings, great little pink uh, sequined hoodie, an incredible cropped pair of balloon pants with a big sun hat and a great yellow top. I think she looks a little bit like, I don't know, like a Van Gogh painting. Everywhere we look, we see originality and elegance. Look at the cut of that killer black pant. People expressing themselves with their clothes. There are a lot of jeans and sneakers, yes, and plenty more besides, including several nicely tailored suits, even though we're several blocks away from the financial district. We're a great progressive, sometimes libertine city, and I think that's reflected in what we wear. It's high, it's low, it's simple, it's extravagant. It is so many things, it is perhaps too many things to categorize. Before we head out, I want to return to the opera for a minute. Chloe, what does it mean that we're seeing more casual wear popping up at places that used to be so formal, not just here in the Bay Area, but all over the place? It means that eventually even jeans will be too fancy to wear to the opera. Wait, what? That's what fashion historian Melissa Leventon said. Essentially, it's the idea that clothes start off being casual, but over time they work their way up until they become formal. Eventually, they become so fancy that they kind of tumble off the top of the fashion ladder. Melissa says jeans are the perfect example of an item of clothing that's headed in that direction. We have moved that much further along the continuum of workwear to formal wear which is the path that jeans are on, that they've become more acceptable for more formal occasions. There are plenty of examples to show how apparel does this over time, from being something a labourer would wear out in the fields to what a celebrity might don for the Oscars. Coming to my mind is what actress Frances McDormand wore on her feet at the 2019 Academy Awards. Uh Do you remember? Uh A pair of Birkenstocks. Exactly. So what does Melissa Leventon think will replace those incredibly fancy jeans at the opera someday? Well, I asked her that. I have absolutely no idea. Hmm. But it may be something that hasn't been invented yet. Or board shorts. Or board shorts. I was thinking about bike shorts, actually. Similar idea. But don't worry, Olivia. Jeans aren't going to go the way of, say, doublet and hose or hoop skirts and corsets overnight. 
Typically, Melissa says, it takes a few hundred years for an item of clothing to fall off the fashion charts. Well, I will not donate my Levi's just yet then. Thanks, Chloe. (laughs) You're welcome, Olivia. It's always lovely chatting about fashion with you. Thanks to this week's question asker, Michelle Morby, and to Tina Lauerberg for getting Tan France's hot take for us. We've had so much fun putting this story together and thinking deeply about what we wear and why. So we thought, hey, let's have some fun. So between now and September 20th, share a photo of your Bay Area style on Instagram or Twitter using the hashtag MyBayAreaStyle. We'll feature some of our favorites on KQED's social media channels and in the October Bay Curious newsletter. Whether you're in jeans and a t-shirt or an avant-garde creation, we want to celebrate all of it. Just tag the photo, My Bay Area Style, all one word. And for extra credit, tell us why you love what you're wearing. I can't wait to see your style. I'll be playing along too on my own Instagram account. I'm at Price. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.